everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number episode number 359. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Fo Mako. I mean Ichigo Gami for in for Mako tonight. And be careful, you almost blew my ears out, Mako. Oh, Damn sorry, it. I don't know what it is, but Damn my it. mic is at the same level it's been. Now you got me doing it. Call it, you saying Mako, I'm calling you Mako. Hey, I said faux Mako. Uh, <laughs> as in fake Mako. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. You got me calling you Mako by accident. Christ <laughs> almighty. Um, Mako's not on tonight because she has work in the morning. So, you know, it is what it is. Because I think she's taking off Saturday or something. I, I don't know. As many times she has explained her schedule to us, I still don't get it per se. Or I'm just probably not paying attention. Either or. Whoops. <sighs> okay. Uh, we are live tonight. Week of May 29, 2018. Here on the Vogue Network. Um, we're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. As you know. But replays Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat glances Merc X chat. Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. Chat room is Vogue. V-O-G. You can also head on over to uh, AnimeJamSession.com slash Network, where there's an IRC link. If you click on that and you have Chatzilla, it'll bring you into the chat. You might get a pop-up if you're running Firefox 57 or higher. Just say yes and you can join the chat. Or you can head on over to webchat.gamesurge.net and join us there. And we're also on Discord. You can follow us at vognetwork.com slash Discord. You join in, you'll be able to hang out with us via the Discord application. Or the browser. Either or, we're cool, we're having a good time, and it's all good in the hood. Ugh. Right. I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. While I'm doing the pre-show, it looks like Nintendo is doing another Pokemon Cash Cow. So, um, I guess that's okay. And they're releasing a game for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I'm... I mean, I, I guess Vintage is back. <laughs> Well, it is a game that I played as a kid. But what game is it? You remember Super Double Dragon? Yeah. They're releasing yeah. the original Japanese version called Return of Double Dragon. And with the original layout of the music, two extra levels, combo countering, other cool stuff that was taken out of the American version. And nice. it's going to be 50 bucks. I might have to pick it up. Maybe. We will see. Ah, oh, Jesus. Man, it's 76 degrees out and it feels like 86 in my apartment. With all, with both windows open and the door open. Yeesh. It is a little toasty today. I expected it not to be so hot because I don't have a carpet. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <sighs> Anywho. Uh, let's see. I'm going to make sure everything's up and running. We're good with that. Um. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, we'll go ahead and start kick things off with how was your week? How was your day? Ari. Uh, well, I would say that this was payday for me, but it doesn't mm. really feel like it because 
where I work, if a holiday is on a Monday or a Tuesday, my check gets direct deposited like Saturday night into Sunday morning. Mm. And that already completely disintegrated due to bills and paying for the anime next room. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, oh yeah, um, today after work I went up to take the second part of the supervisor test. Yeah. And, oh my god, this was an even bigger farce than the first one. Uh, well, you know. Well, it was, you know, basic, it was basic word and basic, um, Excel stuff. Okay. And by basic stuff, I mean it was like one, you know, quote-unquote problem on each, and we had ten minutes to do it. And I got, like, the first one done in, like, two minutes, and the second one done in, like, a minute and a half. Well, you've got to understand, these tests are designed are not designed for you or me or Ichigo. These tests are designed for anyone who knows how to, what basic usage. That's all it is. I think someone else told me it, that it was for, to see if you could follow directions, which obviously I could, but... That's basically what it is. The only reason the second one took took so long is because you had to highlight something, and I was looking for the highlight function, but I just decided, fuck it, and colored the cell the color they wanted, which is pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And, uh, let's see. <clears throat> oh, yeah, the other thing I saw, um, the Cody trailer for Street Fighter V dropped the past couple days. Yeah, I need to watch that. Well, number one, Kenny Omega was playing the live-action Cody. And the voice on the phone was Xavier Woods. Well, shit. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. And uh, he had been, and Kenny even, uh, well, Kenny Omega even uh, confirmed on his Twitter, he said, yeah, I've been, like, putting this, like, keeping this secret for a while now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as soon as I can afford a season pass for it, I'm totally going to get all the characters for it. Well, Cody looks like he's a version of Cody. I I definitely want to cosplay, so we'll see. Mayor Travers. (laughs) I mean, it works. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how things have been going for me. Alright, cool. And I think Winamp kind of froze up again, so I'm kind of being patient on waiting on making sure that it doesn't um, freeze. And I'm trying to push it forward, kick to the next track, and it's not doing anything. That's okay. I don't need intro music. I can intro myself. I'd rather that you didn't. Oh, okay. I really wish they'd hurry up and release the brand new version of of Winamp already, because I'd rather not, um, well, fuck it. Alright, you're going to hear, you're going to hear the stream crash real quick, it'll be back up shortly. Uh, okay. Okay, we're going to try this again. Take three. I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that I have an AMD processor. I am not going to invest 1500 bucks on an Intel chip. Nope, not happening. Try this again. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? How you been? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I basically uh, have been 
prepping for Escape Velocity, where I got to see you la this past weekend. Otherwise, it's been prepping and getting costumes together for Otacon and DragonCon later in August. So it's been pretty uneventful in my neck of the woods. Um, yeah, that's pretty much been my weekend day. That's good. I was going mm -hmm. to say something else, but I can't remember what. And oh my god, Winamp! Did it, did it crash again? Yes, it crashed again. I don't get what the hell is the problem here. I might have to go digging for a older version of Winamp. I, I, I don't get what the hell is going on here. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Uh, let's see, hold on here. Actually, I know what to do. We'll be right back. And now, we are going to try this again. There you go. How was your week? How was your day? There you go. Did you go? Where did you go? Yeah, I'm ready. I, I, I can hear you, but you're going in and out. I don't know why. There we go. That, there we go. There we go. The audio, tr the background music was running through the same channel as as the regular mixer, so that's why I was going in and out. It shouldn't have done that. Okay. All right, Ichigo. How was your week? How was your day? Take four. Yay! Okay. So it's apparently a huge uh, introductory. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it was a pretty chill uh, week and weekend for me. I actually ended up at Escape Velocity, where you were also last weekend. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with you and make some new cosplay friends. Um, and also check out a different cosplay podcast that I'd never heard of before. And then also uh, getting ready for DragonCon and Otacon later on in August. So if you're going to be at those conventions, hit me up on my page. Maybe we can meet up. DragonCon, I don't know about because there's a lot of people there. But definitely, if you're going to be at Otacon, that's pretty much it. Or as Ichigo always says, friends. <laughs> friends I do call everybody friends or lovelies lovelies is kind of my favorite term okay and my weekend day well first things first I decided to go out and buy myself a brand new a, a birthday gift I treated myself to something as you all know I swear by V-Modus and you know they have these new crossfade to wireless headphones which are double as wired headphones too. They're wired and Bluetooth. These things are amazing. And they're on sale this week for 250 bucks with free engraving. And by engraving, there are side panels you can get and they have like metal engraving or 3D printing engraving. So it was free, so I copped those. And I think you all know what the side engravings I got on those are, so. And I also went out and got the extra large uh, ear cushions for it because I'm going to be rocking them. And what's going to happen is my old Astros I use for the podcast, I'm going to clean those up. I have my old Astro mixer. I'm going to find all the cables for it. I'll probably just put it on Amazon for like 70 bucks and be like, here, get it out of my face. 
Um, and then the, my old crossfade wireless will be retired here, and I'll be using those for the podcast. So, and I actually use those for an episode. That my God, there is one hell of a quality difference in the audio when you hear it play back. My God. Um, also, I went to uh, Event Velocity. It was fun, despite my seven-hour commute to DC, which I will get into after the break. Um, I had fun, and I like especially thank Ichigo for helping out with the impromptu photo shoot. Oh, super fun. I'm excited to get the raws and get my hands on some editing work. Okay, I remind me to send you those later. No problem. Will do. Um, and now that we're back, I'm getting ready to do some more edits. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, that Dijeron Mess guy, I will be posting basically chronological updates of where I am with my photos, because I promised a lot of people some photos I want to keep my word and kind of get out of my backlog so you know expect an update on that in the next couple of days because i want to knock out those those promises before anime next so yeah and let's go into our chat room real quick uh dark tetsuya mentions return of double dragon on snes and he says this so this is based on the u.s version of super double dragon where they have extra levels and new music actually it's the other way around if i'm reading it correctly return of double dragon came out in japan first or something like that i i i don't know uh i i know i was reading up on it all i know is it was a version that did not come out here or something like that either or i may pick it up so whatever the proper information is it'll it'll be uh let's see what else wild spice says what is this anime next thing you speak of countdown is in eight days or is it nine yeah, I, yeah, it's a lot qu- closer than I thought, too, so it kind of threw my entire schedule out of whack. Yeah. Five. It's next weekend. Yeah, countdown in nine days, yes. Yes. Yeah, I see everybody who's been cosplay crunching, like, freaking the F out, so and, and it's been kind of funny to watch it. It's like ants under a microscope. <laughs> and then there's me, um, having my tea. Oh, DT, yeah, what it is... Super Double Dragon came out here first. The Japanese version had some changes to it. That's what happened. So. And all this is is just an English translated cart. So, that'll be fun. Uh, kind of glad I'm not really doing panels, but that'll change in the future. So, anywho. Okay, somebody just dropped the trailer from Mega Man 11 and it looks sick. I saw that trailer earlier today. I'm like, you're not going to get me to buy a Switch for that reason. I have other reasons to buy one, but anywho. All right, we're going to go ahead, take our first break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about Event Velocity and some other co- and some reports and articles for tonight. So, Ranma, it's Escape Velocity. What did I say? Event Velocity. Uh, 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 velocity, yeah. All right, Escape Velocity, that's what I meant. What? I think Event Velocity is the name of a movie. I meant es- maybe her event horizon is what you're thinking. Probably. I, but yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I meant escape velocity. That's what I meant. All right. So where is that setting? Okay. Let me adjust the volume here. So yeah, we'll be back.
Ah, that was a good song. And looking in the chat room at live.vognetwork.com, uh, let's see. Wildspice is talking about creating an idol group. Bob Coffee is getting ready to pad his wallet for AX, and I can hear that theme coming any minute now. And Jazz Hands, I didn't know Jazz was here. Oh, I was just joking because I was like, we were making hand signals in the in the uh, chat, so I was just like, Jazz Hand Idol Group. Hmm. And all that, that does sound jazz. like an anime, doesn't it? My bad. Forgot about that. I think that I've done that maybe at least twice this year, maybe three times tops. But anywho, um, let's go ahead and talk conventions. So this con kind of sort of fell into my lap at the last minute, more or less. And for me, a con that falls into my lap last minute, whether it's local or around the corner is what when it's under two weeks three weeks so the name of the convention is called escape velocity it's basically an offshoot of the museum of science fiction with a lot of cool sponsors such as nasa or nasa however you want to pronounce it basically it's three days of science stem and cool stuff which is something i really enjoyed i actually was corrected and told that it was steam now Science, technology, English? No. Uh, science, technology, engineering, engineering, engineering art. Art, okay. that's And yeah. math. Because I guess art isn't being as facilitated in schools anymore. So first I guess first, they started to include it. Who the hell said that? I was just told by a staffer at the convention. And she was very adamant about the correction. So I am half-hearted to believe her. But STEM or STEAM... It was a really cool event. Oh yeah, I actually feel I just actually found an I just googled it and there's an article going back to 2014. Do the arts belong? Um, not to be that guy, but arts do not belong because arts do does not pay the bills. STEM does. Sorry. Uh, art. I think you can use art in in uh, the science and engineering. Uh, like you can use those to create art, and you can use art in those. See, but that, inherently, they're not the same thing. Art as a standalone, no, but art as a secondary to support one of the stems, yeah. That I that I I got no problem with. But you know, let's not uh, turn this into a yeah. It's not going to be a tangent for that. Right, right. But yeah. the event, yeah, Escape Velocity was really really fun. All right, so just so you know, this is more or less a partial review because I didn't get down to the convention till late Friday night, so I really didn't experience much of anything. Everything for me was Saturday and Sunday. And what took me so long is because of the fact that I was stuck on a bus for about six hours. Oof, what happened? Well, long story, long story short, I was supposed to be on the 4.30 bus to be in D.C. by 9.50. Simple. Bus shows up at 5.30 because it got stuck in traffic. They started separating people. Now, a bu an earlier bus came for those that are going to uh, Baltimore and Silver Spring. And then everyone that's going to be on the D.C. was going to be on the second bus. And that's supposed to be an express. Nope, it was a local. So I'm more annoyed about the fact that it was a local bus as opposed to it being an express bus. So, and I figured with traffic, that's why it took so long. So, made it down there, blase blase. I get food and I pass out. So, Saturday, I I really didn't, I 
don't. I'm trying to think. No, I didn't cosplay Saturday. I cosplayed on Sunday. I brought Human Artemis with my friend Kennelly Cat, and I was supposed to do uh, Joe Taro, but I could not catch up with my uh, commissioner who was at the con. We were just in different directions all weekend long. Okay. So, basically, Escape Velocity, as we said at the top more earlier, is a convention based around science. This year's theme was science fiction, so there was a, a hands-on museum with replicas from various sci-fi movies and television shows, such as Star Wars, Star Trek, Alien vs. Predator, Firefly, Dune, excuse me, and a few other shows that I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh yeah, including Ghostbusters, I'm sorry. Now, I'm, I for one don't really do a lot of panels, but... There was one that caught my interest, Ghostbusters Tech in the Real World, and I checked that out. The long and short of that panel was discussing the various devices from the Ghostbusters film and comparing it to a real-life counterpart. Now, one thing for sure, now that we have the Hadron Collider, basically that is a particle accelerator, and if you remember, that's basically was the bulk of the proton packs. Um, there was a book that they were also discussing. I forget the name of the author, but it pretty much went in-depth inside of the Ghostbusters films and comparing it to modern-day tech, which I thought was pretty cool. And the people that was running that panel were like the Tri-State Area West Virginia Ghostbusters. So, And Dr. Tetsuya says Tobin's Spirit Guide? Uh, no. It would have been interesting if it was, but it wasn't. Uh, let's see. After that, I just continued to walk around and take pictures, and I found my way over to the exhibit hall. Now, you can call it a dealer's room if you want, but most home conventions will call it an exhibit hall, and that's what it was basically more along the lines of. Because there, they had a replica of the Millennium Falcon. There was a stage, and they were teaching uh, how, to use, how, to, how to use lightsabers, which was pretty cool. Uh, you had... Klingons there with a replica Klingon jail, and that was really cool. I ran into my friend Brendan, who used to run MAGFest. He's working on a new project called the Bloop Museum. And what that is is basically a museum of older technology you could play around with and see what where, where it has led us to, which I thought was really cool. One of the things he had one of the devices he had on display at his table was a video disc player. Not a laser disc player, but a video disc player. And basically what that was is picture a record player. But instead of it playing music, it played video. And there were the grooves were so were so many grooves in there thinly that um you could see the light reflecting in it and that was pretty cool. I don't think I've ever heard of those were so the formats i did talk to him actually yeah. i talked to the bloop museum table and mm -hmm. it was really cool because he actually had ced format which yeah. if any of you know kind of came between the laserdisc and like vhs mm -hmm. like it, it came out um like after vhs i want to say but it was what initially they were thinking was going to be the predecessor to like the 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 other qualities of format and everything like that um yeah. because Instead of being 
Sorry, I'm a kind of a I'm kind of a format geek. So no, instead of being I, I like, like I like that too. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, printed. It's called like oh gosh, was it uh electronic disc? It's like capacity or something like oh capacitance so it's mm -hmm. like a capacitance electronic disc and it's like a vinyl record but the grooves are are more finely together so it was really cool because he he got to explain it and he was very you could definitely tell that even though they don't have a physical location he was very um excited about sharing these kind of forgotten formats with people and um getting them excited about it um, I'm hoping he can find his location in the future, but it's always hard to find museum locations. <laughs> well, he did say he secured a spot in Towson, so yeah, he's got to he go from there. It. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. Also on display was the replica of the Ghostbusters vehicle. I think it was from the newer movie instead of the older film. Because I, I think the first film, it was a reconditioned station wagon and the new film I think it was, was I think the first one was a hearse wasn't okay. it I thought the second film it was it was a hearse the first one was a station one I I might not I I you may be right on that which reminds me I'm going to work one day and I see a hearse go by which is something I don't see in my neighborhood so I, but I just didn't think much about it but it looks but it wasn't a traditional one it was like a newer model one and it kind of freaked me out why did it look all smooth and not like boxy like exactly old ones? it didn't look boxy it kind of looked like oblong shaped and i'm just like this is kind of creepy i i had friends who drove hearses as their first cars and i rode in them so I i'm not as scared off by hearses as some people are <laughs> Yeah, well, I I just wasn't expecting it them to look to be more revamped, you know. Too futuristic for you, okay. Yeah, and Doctor Z confirmed it was a hearse in the original, okay. All right, and it was they also had the Jurassic Park truck there too. And one thing I did I forget to mention that it was at the Gaylord, home of the gazebo. Oh God. But it was, but it, Ari, it's okay though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like only Katsukon has this, you know, infatuation slash fetishizing of the gazebo. Thank you, Yaya Han. Yeah, well, uh, actually, the gazebo stuff happened before she came along, but it was just that it was such a beautiful place to take photos that the gazebo got its own Twitter and all that other fun stuff. She made but... it. She made it much more relevant because she demanded pretty much to shut the con down so she could get photos there. Well, yeah, I mean, she blocked off the area yeah. for a while with her official photographers, but this Christ. convention only had yeah. about 3,500 people at it the whole weekend. Which, and it honestly, it didn't look that, it didn't look it, but it was, I, one thing I didn't like, but I can understand it, is like, Exhibit Hall was downstairs on the atrium level, but all the panel rooms were on the second floor. I would have liked it better if it was in one location, but... The fact that it was in two separate locations and, and congoers are going back and forth, there were other events going on in a hotel, such as people, like, there was at least six wedding parties getting photography done, and, you know, they were asking questions and so forth, which was kind of cool. Oh, speaking of the gazebo, out my, uh, my friend brought, brought over a Spider-Man homecoming for us to watch because I hadn't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. And there's a part where they're going down to D.C. for a, you know, like academic decathlon or something like that. Yeah. 
and they actually film in the Gaylord. And I pointed out to my friend, like, yeah, that's the Gaylord right there. That's like the main lobby and all. They didn't show the gazebo though. What was interesting when we left on Monday, people were coming in for the for the for the National Spelling Bee. <laughs> I thought that I, I thought that was kind of cool. So, um, I did go check out a I did check out a couple of pa- other panels that weekend as well. One was, are you remember back in the day the whole Pirates versus Ninja dance off? Or the, yeah, the whole feud between them. Yeah. It kind of evolved into a dance-off, which I recorded, which was pretty cool. I had fun with that. Awesome. Uh, and one thing I, I found out that because of the sponsorships of the event, a lot of the panel, a lot of the like displays and stuff were badge-free, which means you did not need to buy a badge to check it out, which I thought was really cool as well. I think the uh, the dance-off was badge free and the museum was badge free I believe so that was fun um then on Sunday I went there was a group called the cosplay cast I believe I have their cards here and they did a live uh podcast and the theme was basically science fiction east east versus the west I don't remember all of the titles that they talked about, but it was an aspect of they did like a battle royale style thing. And the main thing was how easy is it to do cosplays of it as in characters, material, um, can you do a closet cosplay and so forth. It boiled down to Star Wars versus Voltron. Oh boy. Star Wars won. Which was kind of, in a way, kind of, I'm not surprised, but at the same time I am. I would have expected something else, but, you know, it's good, you know, and I liked it. I did get their cards, so. Overall, one thing I have to say about Escape Velocity, it's a very chill, cool type of convention. You're still going to have fun. This is a type of convention where you'll have time to not just get pictures, You'll have time to check out all the panels that you want, and then some. I mean, they could use some more signage, and a little bit more clearing up of locations and so forth. But this is their third year, and they exceeded what they were expecting, so there will be a fourth year, and I am probably will be helping them out the following year, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Ichigo, what's your take on Escape Velocity? Uh, okay, so my Escape Velocity review, I'll keep it brief. Um, cool. What? I said cool. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I got in on Friday. I ended up kind of last minute working with Otakon to kind of vend at their table to spread the, the, the Bible of Otakon, I guess. Mm. Um and like uh, get more, more people because it's in the local area and the Gaylord is close by. And it was definitely super spooky on Friday <laughs> when you're used to Katsukon's numbers of, what, in the 20,000s maybe? Oof. Just encrusting itself upon the Gaylord or the MAGFest numbers, you know, um, in the location. And it was just so spooky. It was so very spooky. Uh, I posted on a lot of my social media about how it was so spooky um, that there weren't tons and tons of bodies. But at the same time, 
the target market was definitely different. This was definitely not your run-of-the-mill convention. Mm -hmm. It was definitely science fiction based. They had a lot of people. They had the 501st there. They had the Rebel Legion there. So if you guys were very into Star Wars costumes or anything like that, um, definitely a great place to check out. They actually had a TARDIS uh, replica as well. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. A ton of prop makers. Um, They had a 3D printing company. Um, they had a lot of engineering uh, companies in the in the vendors and exhibitors hall. Um, they did have that that stage you were talking about, Ranma, with the the lightsaber um, demonstrations. I think it was like the kids yeah. event um, uh, stage. They also had the Ghostbusters car, which was unfortunately in the small space that they were in. Which is, um, if any of you have ever been to Katsukon, it was like half of the hall that they used for registration at Katsukon. Mm-hmm. That's where they had the vendors hall on on the the wall with all the windows that face out towards the harbor. Um, <clears throat> I drove in each day, so I had all the fun with that that goes uh, with the National Harbor's um, new parking system, which was not fun at all. Um, mm. I had issues every single time I tried to get into the parking garage and had to call them for assistance. And was the parking expensive? It was $22 a day if you pre-booked it. Um, because if you're over there for over four hours, between four and 24, I want to say it's $20 no matter what, unless you get there after uh, 8 p.m., because then it's a flat fee of like $12. But uh, that being said, I think next time I'd just probably... I mean, even though they... What they do for their numbers is they said they made about 3500 this year. They tend to double their numbers. I think they, they, they do it in a very scientific way because it's being run by engineers, obviously. And uh, so they tend to uh, estimate the numbers that they're going to get for the following years. And that's why they moved to the Gaylord, because they estimated their numbers were going to be bigger than where they had held the event previously. Well, they did say they did exceed their room block. So that was a good thing. They did. So the Gaylord was very, very happy with them for making money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I got in on Friday. I hung out at the table. I did run into Ranma. Um, and then... It was basically a really quiet night for me because since I drove in and I wasn't staying at the hotel, I drove home. Um, basically, I think we went out for dinner on Friday and then... No, that was Sunday we went out to dinner. No, no, because didn't we... Uh, or was that Saturday night was the Brass Tap? Oh, yeah. We went out to Brass Tap Saturday and for the record, people, Brass Tap, the beers there are good, but the food sucks. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty sad. Um yeah, but okay, so on Friday, I basically just headed home right after the day. Yeah. But then I came in on Saturday um, a little bit later than I planned, but there was no problem with me for parking or even just driving out there. I got there. I'm pretty local to the Gaylord, so I got there pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And ended up at the table again, just chilling, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, the like The only few things I have is that there are a few vendors who are a little bit overly aggressive. Um, and ended up in front of other people's tables handing out their, their posters and stuff, which was not cool. Yeah. Um, that's like one of the biggest pet peeves. If you're a fellow vendor, if, if you are going up in front of somebody else's table and chasing away customers, like don't, don't do that. Don't be that guy. Um, but in general, it was nice. I, cause everybody could find me. So it was nice to, to visit with anybody who was, who knew me. Um, I'm planning to try and do some panels there next year. Cause they've already Same. started asking me, they're like. Do you want to be press with us? Do you want to come out and do events? What do you want to do? 
And I'm like, I'll, I'll apply and do some panels maybe. Um, and so then Saturday, yeah, we basically just chilled out, um, ran into Ranma again uh, at dinner time. Um, and that was pretty much the day because uh, right after dinner I had to drive home again. Um, I mean, it was nice because this convention was small enough that you could go into the room that they had the museum in and you weren't butt to gut with a ton of other attendees. Um, and you could talk to people in the hallway and it wasn't like you had to rush to get somewhere or you had to rush to a cosplay photo shoot or you had mm -hmm. to fight for the gazebo or you had to fight just to exist in a space inside of the hotel. Um, you could breathe and you could actually walk around um, and enjoy your time there. Um, while there was a significant amount of programming, mm -hmm. um, there definitely, to me, wasn't enough variation. Um, while it did cover a lot of really cool subjects, I, I understand that like the, the theme was science fiction, but I feel like there could have been a lot more programming. Now, I know a lot of it is that they're just in their third year, and they might not be as well advertised as some other conventions, which I think is another thing. Um, I'm hoping to see them get bigger because I think that they could be really, really great. Um, <laughs> talking to some of the staffers, they had people that were like, you could be the next Dragon Con. And I'm like, oh, gosh, no. that's uh -oh. going to be crazy in the D.C. area. Please. Yeah. Don't, don't stay small for a little while, please. Um, I love these small, intimate conventions because they're so much more enjoyable to me. Um, but then, yeah, Saturday passed. I think I stayed a little bit later to do karaoke because mm -hmm. that's my jam. Yeah. And I watched the the dance off. I think because you were there filming it. Yep. Um. And I got to see Super Art Fight was there. I saw um, And I watched that a little cool. bit of that. And I went to the podcast panel that you went to, which was about. Um. I didn't know what it was about initially because the title was kind of misleading. But it was basically the Cosplay Cast, I think, is their podcast. Mm -hmm. And they did one about, uh, like, selling yourself in cosplay, like, as far as, like, business. And that's not at all what I had thought so, it was going to oh, be from the title. Oh, that first one. I, I, I left out of that because I think I had to go help uh, Kennelly get back into the room because she left her, her, her badge, up, her room key upstairs. So. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I know. So, like, I went to that yeah. one, and, like, I, I, I always like to – because as a panelist – if you don't have anybody interacting with you when you have, like, questions in your panels, like, I don't know if any, I know that a few of you guys in the chat are uh, panelists and do go to conventions and things like that, but it's always awkward when you're the panelist and you're trying to talk and interact with the crowd and no one talks back. Mm -hmm. It just kind of makes for that awkward silence. Um, and you they're end just, up staring at each other. just kind of look at you, like, yeah. And you're just kind of like, um, okay, so you seem like you're not having enough caffeine. You haven't had enough carbs today. All right, moving on. Um, so I got to interact with them, and that was good because they that's what they were looking for. They wanted it to be more of like a therapy session. Mm. But, uh, you know, works in progress. That's everybody's – every panelist, you know, they go through that kind of stuff. So that was cool. Um, and then there were a few other panels I wanted to catch, but because of being a vendor there, I didn't want to step away from my table for too long um, because the other staffers I was working with, it wouldn't be fair um, to them. Uh, so then, yeah, Sunday came, and I think most of Sunday I got in super late because I was – I definitely did not wake up to my alarm because I'm an old lady um, and sleep in on Sundays of cons now. Um, but it was nice because there, you didn't have a need to rush around. You didn't have a need mm -hmm. to 
to get anywhere fast. So I was able to actually go in, do my vending, and we closed up at like the vendors hall was supposed to be open till four, but we got we got rid of a lot of our promotional material by two o'clock. So yeah, we were out of there and packed up by two. Yeah, because I walked over to where you were and you had already gone. I was like, oh, no. Oh, that's why. Okay. And then like the only unfortunate thing that because this con, like like Ronma was saying earlier, the con because the con is separated, like part of it's in the convention center and then part of it's in the hotel the adjacent hotel, which is down a hallway and all mm-hmm. this fun stuff down and down in Wonderland, Alice. Um, then you end up like missing your friends who might be in the other side of the convention because you're like ships in the night. Like maybe someone went up an elevator, someone else went up an escalator. You guys missed each other on the stairs. Like that just happens because this hotel is just so large. Um, so there were a few times where I'd, I, I would um, be headed in one direction and Ronma would be headed in a different one. Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, no, come back here. <laughs> but uh, in general, uh, Sunday was nice and uneventful. And it was nice because I got to meet uh, uh, Kennelly Cosplay. And she was very adorable. And you and her, uh, Ronma and her, did a little cosplay together. And I got a like a my was it baby's first photo shoot kind of with them where like I got super intense with it and I got to take some nice photos. So I'm going to try and have those up on my pages. If you guys want to see that stuff um, in the next few weeks, but it was overall uh, really fun, super chill. Um, and our sat- no Saturday night dinner. Wasn't that the Cadillac ranch? Oh, no, that was Sunday. That was Sunday. So yeah. And Cadillac ranch. Okay. So their food's okay and they have good drinks, but their service it's kind of lackluster. Um, so if you are headed into the National Harbor area, like, just just get food at one of the local fast food places and just, like, pass on any of the places that are sit-down. Because most yeah. of them have been kind of a downer. They take way more time, even if you're in a small group of people, to serve you. And then the fact that, like, in that area, they're always going to upcharge food because of the taxes and stuff. So... I found that I was getting food much more easily at the CVS, the Chipotle, the Starbucks, those kind of places, uh, than taking the two hours to try and get a full meal at the sit-down restaurants. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was basically my escape velocity. I really enjoyed it. I got to actually talk to the staffers and give them feedback on um, Sunday evening, and that was really nice. Um, because I was able to talk with them and actually find out that a bunch of them are local to me. So it was nice to see that the staffers are taking the feedback and they're actually, you know, they're small enough still that they can all communicate with each other. Yeah. So, you know, the feedback's going to make, you know, more of a, like an impression than if you were just talking to a bigger corporation about it. And I'm really excited. I actually want to go out and see the museum because they're pretty local, I'll probably get a group together and maybe go out and see the museum because it sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But that's it. All right. So basically, we're, we're going back next year. Next year's theme is technology. So I am looking to run a couple of tech panels. So we'll see how that goes. And now that we got that out the way, Ari, what's going on with Pokemon Go? <laughs> To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase DRAIN. Ah, uh, let's see. Oop, there's an, uh, people who attended Pokemon Go Fest are finally getting, you know, back from the settlement. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see. Attendees in the Antics Pokemon Go Fest received notification on Friday re regarding the settlement of the class action lawsuit brought against a company seeking monetary damage to cover, to recover travel expenses for the event. The notice, the notice confirms that Niantic is paying $1.575 million into a settlement fund for anyone who had a valid ticket to the event. <clears throat> Attendees who wish to receive a share of the settlement must submit a claim form on or before July 24th. Attendees may also opt out if they wish to be part of an, any other lawsuit against Niantic or object to the settlement by July 9th. The final approval hearing will be on September 6th. Any remaining money after all claims have been processed will be split evenly as donations to the Illinois Bars Foundation and the nonprofit Chicago Run. If the settlement fund is insufficient to cover the attendees' expenses, then payment amounts to each person may be adjusted downward on a pro rata basis, depending on the number of claim forms received and documentation and substantiation provided. Niantic, Niantic has already offered to refund all ticket costs for attendees and offer attendees $100 in in-game currency. Niantic held the event for its Pokemon Go game at Grand Park in Chicago on July 22nd. The event was hampered by cellular network issues that prevented many attendees from participating in the day's activities. Niantic clarified during the event that the root cause for the issue was related to the game servers, as well as local cell networks' inability to handle all, all the participants. And there will be another Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago on July 14th and 15th. Let's so, hope, take two, I guess. Yeah, so let's just hope they learn from their lessons that they will have additional um, signal boosters around the area. And, extra, and I don't know if they'll have additional servers to load up for the event, but they might. Normally for stuff like this, it's no different from like a Black Friday where, where retail, they will not bring up additional servers for a heavy load of six hours. But for something like this, based off of last year, I think Niantic might just... So, better safe than sorry. Well, considering this is the second time they've had this kind of issue, they better get it together or they're going to lose more gamers. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of nerds running this who don't know how to talk to the general populace, you know. I just expect to hit a few buttons and everything will be just fine. Yeah. Remember, I am in this field of work. Alright, moving on. I saw this online last week, and I'm like, would I really buy one of these? If it was a backpack stop, oh my god, it is. I, Maybe. I Maybe. mean, they're pretty unisex yeah. if you even want to take off the bow. I am not taking the bow off. I mean, but for people who might not want the bow or might want to change it to their favorite girl... Um, for those I, of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, Love Live Sunshine school uniform inspired backpacks have been released yep. by Tokyo Otaku Mode. So if you are an idol fan, or you just want to make a more fancy Eda bag, you um, no don't do not do not turn this into no Eda bag, please no. <laughs> so see, I would rock one of these backpacks. I would just and I would just uh, get a patch of of Johanna and just slap it right on there or or a button. That's what I would do. Yeah, a patch or a button would mm -hmm. be great. But yeah. they're offering sailor backpacks and pouches inspired by the Uranahoshi's girls high school uniforms from Love Live Sunshine. And they recreate the Aquas girls uniform in three varieties, yellow for first year, red for second year, and teal for third year. The exterior of the bags faithfully represents the characters' uniforms, and the lining features the Aquas logo and symbols for each member. 
much like the Sailor Moon bags that we saw released a while back, um, where they had all those kind of details. The backpacks and pouches are available for purchase worldwide through Tokyo Otaku Mode Shop, and outside Japan, the backpacks cost about 69 US dollars, and the pouch costs about $46 a piece. The Love Life Sunshine franchise... Oh, go ahead. I was say, I expect bootlegs of these to show up in probably a month after these come out. I wouldn't be surprised if there are already bootlegs floating around the internet since well, pictures have been out. I, can't... Yeah, I was going to say, a month, isn't that a little generous? Well, I <laughs> mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty generous. I mean, not for nothing. I can't even find the quote-unquote unofficial Sunshine track jackets, so, because Daddy ain't got $100 to pay for to buy Johannes one. <laughs> But it's inspiring an all-new Love Live Sunshine film. And the second season of Love Live Sunshine premiered on October 7th last year, and the 13th, and the final episode aired in December. Crunchyroll streamed, streamed the series and as it aired in Japan, and Funimation streamed an English dub for the series. Um, I, I mean, like, I don't see this losing any track or steam soon, because idol anime is still mm. pretty big. And I still say when they release... Um... Perfect Dream Project. I halfway expect that to become an anime. I'm halfway expecting it. Even though they leave it to the fans to vote on how they want to do stuff, I'm still expecting that shit to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do the whole interactive anime thing again with it. Mm. Well, we will see. Okay, moving right along to Lupin the Third. It's not often you hear that an anime that's being re-released that gets a new dub, unless you're Disney. But it seems that now that Discotech has picked up the, I guess, the distribution rights for Lupin the Third, they are releasing the Legend of the Gold of the Legend of the Gold of Babylon, and it'll have a brand new English dub track. Wow. It seems that at Anime North, Discotech Media announced at the 51 years of Lupin the Third panel. Wow, 51 years. That its Blu-ray release of Lupin the Third, The Legend of the Gold of Babylon, will have a brand new English dub directed by Richard Epcar. He's a cool dude. If I'm not mistaken, he's also the voice of Joseph Joestar in JoJo Part 3. The 1985 film was the only anime film directed by filmmaker and actor Seijin Suzuki who passed away earlier this year. In this movie, Lupin deals with two mafia families and Inspector Zenigata as he tries to find Babylon's lost gold by uncovering the mystery of tablets found in New York City. Now, throughout his quest, Lupin meets an old woman who has a connection to the treasure. An email originally released a film on VHS and Laserdisc but changed the title's character's name to Rupon to avoid legal issues of the estate of Maurice LeBlanc, the author of the original Arsene Lupin novels. Discotech announced in 2005 that it had licensed the film, but prospective DVD releases put on indefinite hold till August when Discotech announced its plans to release the film on Blu-ray. And maybe by that time, they were able to get, um... Call the vo- the character R- Lupin this time around, you know. It's like how D- Detective Conan is called Case Closed here, and how and JoJo Part Three Oingo Boingo is renamed to um, 
Vendada Zenyatta, which is a song by the police. Uh, let me see. Wango Wango Brothers. Uh, translation. Let's see if I find it here. No. Okay. They were re Oingo Boingo was renamed to Zenyatta Mandata. Okay. Okay. I guess they couldn't get the again. I guess they couldn't get the license to say it say that name in the dub. But it's probably it's still there in the Japanese. I just wonder if they actually translated it. But you know, creative marketing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Dodging those trademarks like they're dodging bullets, huh? Well, you gotta admit, Araki is a big music fanatic. I mean, there was a oh, I know. There's a the JoJo Part Five video game for PS2 didn't come to the states because one of the stands was called the Gold Experience, and that's a, a Prince song, and they couldn't get the permission. I know. I know. But it's something we didn't, uh, I guess we didn't cover. Mm -hmm. Alright, now that we got that out the way, um, let me pull up this other track. Want me to take the last one? Do, do you want to take the last one? Yeah. Okay, it's all yours, my friend. Uh, yeah, Saban is shutting down in July. <laughs> just, just for the record... I thought, um, I actually thought they just sold off the rights, you know? That's what I thought what had happened, so... I'm really sad about this, because I love Saban. Mm -hmm. mm. The LA Business Journal newspaper reported on Wednesday that the Saban Brands Company was shut down on July 2nd, setting a worker adjustment retaining not retraining notification letter sent to the state of California and dated May 1st. As part of the shutdown, the company is laying off 60 employees with positions ranging from creative director to financial analyst to director of accounting. Saban Brands will lay off 50 of the 60 employees on July 2nd. Saban Capital Group, the parent company of Saban Brands, will remain in operation. Hasbro announced on May 1st that it will acquire the Power Rangers and several other brands from Saban Properties. The agreement, which is expected to close in the second quarter of 2018, Includes all of Saban's related intellectual property, category rights, and content libraries. Hasbro is already named as a master toy license for, licensee for the Power Rangers franchise and will take over the previous license holder, Bandai America, on April 1st, 2019. The $22.25 million Hasbro already paid will be credited against the purchase of the price for the bands, for the brands. Uh, Saban founder Haim Saban will continue to serve as a consultant for the Power Rangers property, and a Hollywood reporter reported in February that Saban and Hasbro chairman and CEI Brian Goldner are longtime friends. Nickelodeon currently airs Power Rangers Super Ninja Steel, a second season of the Power Rangers Ninja Steel series, and the 25th entry in the Power Rangers franchise. Mm. The series premiered on January 27th. Saban Brands has recently renewed its partnership with Nickelodeon until 2021. A Power Rangers film operated they opened in the United States in March 2017, and a director, Dean Israelite, reported last summer that Lionsgate and Saban were in talks for a sequel. Well, I can only hope that they'll go back to uh, adapting all the old super, all the Super Sentai seasons in order. Like they're going back a year to uh, get, I think, Beast Machines as a new one. Uh, no, no. Right now, it's Pat. It's uh, Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger. 
I wouldn't be too surprised if Hasbro's like, yeah, we're going to break that contract and let the hub handle, I mean, Discovery Kids handle that shit, or Discovery Family. But, you know, like, Hasbro really knows how to fucking merchandise something, so I imagine it'll be in good hands with them. I, my theory, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised this actually happened, you know, um... I would. I'm going to assume that. I guess. Well, the the movie didn't do as well as planned. I guess paying the bills off of that caused this to happen. I don't. I guess. I don't know. <sighs> well, it is what it is. I'm hoping that throughout this we'll get some more of the original style. Like, remember when Disney had the rights and it was like really good up until RPM. Maybe under Hasbro we'll get something that good, you know. Well, Overdrive was a uh, was a low point in that se- in uh, Disney's ownership. Yeah. But uh, who knows where this will go? Basically, we we will see. And now that we've gotten all that out of the way, it's time for the best part of the show that y'all really love. Don't lie. Strange news from Japan. And I, I want to take the first one. You can take the first one. I, Yay! I'm going to take the last one because that's my fandom. Okay. What am I going to start with? Um. How about? Are you, I guess, maybe the third one? Wait, what third one? There's only three articles. Oh, I thought there were four. Ah, never mind. No, you're, you're probably looking on the wrong page. You gotta go to the episode outlines. No, I'm at the episode outlines. That's okay. I know I have the right one up. Okay. Um, about Guretama. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese Sento bath will let you bathe with 10,000 Sanrio Guretamas. If you are a lazy egg like I am, Sanrio's weirdly adorable lazy egg wants to have a soak with you and his 9,999 doppelgangers. Christ. (laughs) Japan's custom of communal bathing can seem odd to foreigners, but it actually doesn't make for nearly as awkward a soak as some uninitiated outsiders imagine. Still, even most Japanese people would agree that when taking a bath in a hot spring or sento public bath, the fewer people you're sharing the tub with, the more relaxing the experience. So it might seem kind of weird that the Gokurakyu Sento chain is inviting guests to hop into baths that will already have 10,000 occupants. Of course, this is special circumstances since those 10,000 bathers are the incarnations of the Sanrio character Guretama, which for those of you who don't know, is the lazy egg. Um that has been pretty popular around the interwebs as of late. As part of a collaboration with Sanrio's lovable lazy egg, Gokura Koyu is preparing baths filled with 10,000 Gudetama orbs. Um, they almost look like beach balls. Uh, at its branches in Hamamatsu, in the Shizuoka Prefecture, and Suita, Osaku Prefecture. Kudetama's likeness will also be gracing several other parts of the facility, so you can um, admire his radiant appearance while remaining fully clothed. Mm. They also look like they might have a cafe in it as well. 
And despite his tireless championing, championing of the lethargic lifestyle, Gudetama has been involved in a number of restaurant ventures over the years uh, in a role he's particularly well suited for, seeing as how he's an anthropomorphized foodstuff himself. And so the Hamamatsu and Suita Gokurakuyu branches will also be offering special menu items in their cafe. Um, so they'll have like a roast beef bowl, a caramel parfait, udon, and a tamago kake gohan egg rice bowl and a carbonara pasta, all within pricing between $5 and $13. And each order gets you special, super special, awesome promotional stuff like coasters, pins, tote bags, t-shirts, and all that other fun stuff. Um, I actually was looking at maybe visiting, probably, yes, it is the Hamamatsu Cafe in Shizuoka. Um, or the Osaka one. Um, I'll be going to Japan next year, and that was one of the cafes I think I put on our list. That sounds pretty cool. Yes, he's a very cute egg. All right, Ari, are you ready? Uh, Saitama teacher arrested for taking videos in a restroom trying to cover up buying a new phone. Oh my god, Mako, what have you done now? You know how she is. On May 15th at Tokorozawa City Central Junior High School in Saitama, a female student entered the stall of a third-floor restroom but came across a, suspici a suspiciously left smartphone. She picked up the device and noticed that the camera was set to record video. The student then took it outside and turned it into a substitute teacher that was standing nearby in the hallway. The instructor, 27-year-old Reito Narita, thanked the student for the report on the suspicious phone and promised to return it into the principal. As the girl walked away, a wave of panic washed over Narita, as according to police, he had already snuck into the restroom sometime after the end of school on a previous day and planted the phone to take videos. Now he was tasked with turning in his own damning evidence. <clears throat> with no time to spare, Narita rushed out, out from the school and went to the nearest smartphone dealer. He purchased a brand new phone that exactly matched his model and returned to school with it. Finally, he turned a new phone into principal with a report that it was suspected of taking voyeuristic videos. Oh my god. Mm. When police arrived, they not only found that there was no video on the phone, but no trace of any video having ever been taken with the device ever. Thinking it's suspicious, the officers decided to track down where the phone was bought. Since it was a new phone, it wasn't a huge hurdle to track trace it right back to Narita as being the owner, finally arresting him on the 25th. Readers of the news were both amused by the plan's short-sightedness and eager to suggest alternatives. Some of them were a little too well thought out. Let's see, like, they bought one from a second-hand dealer, you probably wouldn't have gotten away with it. Amazing you didn't think they just copy the data. <clears throat> Why use a smartphone to do this? Even a second-hand shop on a work, you should have destroyed the phone by soaking it in water. Why didn't he have an alternate phone for doing this stuff instead of his actual phone? Oh my... Fucking enablers, man. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the internet, where you can learn to be a voyeur, too. As always in cases like these, it's fortunate the couple are allegedly dumb as bricks. However, there's a very important lesson to be learned for any students, anyone who happens to find themselves victims of it in camera. If you come across a recording device, never turn it into a male teacher who happens to be lingering around a bathroom where the incident took place. And, hell, just take it to the police yourself. You know? <sighs> I told you I hate people sometimes, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like that at work today. Just wanted to make sure. No, no, no. You good. Now, this next story, what was interesting is that from time to time, when Mako-chan posts strange news from Japan, I look on the sidebar, and I look at a couple of articles, just because. This one, I was looking at last week, and I'm like, well, damn. And looking at this, this is something that I encountered at the last Love Live event, the Hakodate Unit Carnival. It seems that a fan was kicked out of an event for wearing mountains of anime merchandise. Pretty much, he had merchandise of one Love Life character in particular, and it was on him like samurai armor. <sighs> but here, just in case you have not known, Love Live is a very popular anime, video game, and music franchise about high school, about High school girls who are idols, whose fans, like real idol fans, can get a little fanatical. Some fans have gone so much with the show and its characters that they've become a public nuisance at times. And even where the official website of the franchise had to tell them to behave. And yeah. It seems that Love Life fans have such a reputation that they rank number one on a list of anime fans that weird people out. And this is why I'm glad I walk around wearing a Yohane hoodie and most people don't know and they just think it's cool and I just let it be. I mean, having had friends in this fandom and then also the Vocaloid fandom, uh, it's not a surprise because mm. the, the passion is very, very much expressed outwardly. Yeah. Um, I have friends that regularly attend the Vocaloid concerts and I can uh, definitely tell you that some of them are dressed so thickly in swag, that if they had a sword fight, they'd probably win. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just I, that many layers. I believe it. <laughs> now, the fans are wearing mountains of merchandise on their backs. And I'm just like, oh, good lord. You mean like the trash people in the labyrinth? I would assume so, but I have never seen labyrinth. I know, you can, you'll, you can hurt me later. I have never seen it. It's okay. They basically are just carrying all of their life's trash on their back. So that that's what that that gave me that image. Now, there was a, a picture I shared. You can see them wearing all of this merchandise. This is what is called Buso Liver, which literally means Armored Love Life Fan. It's a way for hardcore fans to show their love of a single character by collecting hundreds of goods and arranging them on clothing, bags, and other fabrics that look like samurai armor. I, it doesn't even look human. I know. It looks like one of those dragons you see on yep. on New Chinese Year, Chinese yeah. New Year, mm -hmm. or like or like someone has inhabited like an like a a, a mythological demon has inhabited the merchandise. Because mm -hmm. the picture you you shared looks like the merchandise has gained sentience. It has like eyes, you and there see is the person carrying it. And uh, there is a Japanese mythological creature that is a trash can that has gained sentience. We'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. Pretty much, the more merch you have shows how much of a better fan you are, and you have to be as showy and gaudy as possible. 
And as you can see from that top picture, that person is a big fan of Nozomi Tojo. I mean, I can Are you sure? Yes. I can respect that, but I'm just like, yeah, no, that's a lot. I think even Bob Coffey's going, yeah, that's a little bit too much. Now, the person in this costume goes by, on Twitter, Guy underscore Nozomi. And this person says that they are the number one public Buso liver for Nozomi. I will not argue that. This person wore this to the Thanksgiving event that had happened, but they were escorted out of the building because of how big and gaudy it was. Christ. Well, I'm not surprised, too, with the amount of metal they probably had on their body. And it says in the rules of the event that you may not wear clothing or bring large baggage that will cause problems for other guests. And probably because of that is why the person was escorted out. That, that, that's just way too much. And the, and the event of reminding people not to do this. So please don't. I mean, I, I'm okay with, like, the Mountain Dew Knights or the Coca-Cola Knights. You know, those are people who cosplay as armored knights, but they make the armor out of, like, empty, empty, so boxes. empty soda boxes. I, I, let's just leave it at that. Basically, people who don't need a handler. If you yes. don't need a handler to wear your outfit to whatever event you're going to, be it a convention, a concert, just anywhere there's going to be a lot of other bodies, yeah. then it's probably not okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think on that note, we should take our last break and just wrap up the show. Agreed. Yes, please. Yes. So, um, we'll be back.
I guess now that every time my system does an update, I'm going to have to reinstall Winamp just to be on the safe side, because everything is going good, so yeah. So again, apologies for the screw-ups in the earlier episode. If you didn't hear it, that means you're listening on the repeat, on the, on the, edited, on the edited podcast, so you missed out. So thanks for listening. Thank you for supporting us. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. So you can definitely find us online at any time. So if you have any questions about the show, the website, or anything, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We are here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where our awesome local resident cosplayer, Uni, who runs Cosplay Vlog with a, bla- with a Brain, posted a Gamora uh, makeup tutorial on our website yesterday, so swing by and check that out. Also on our website, this is where you'll find links to our weekly podcast, our reviews, anime cosplay reviews, links to our photos and videos, editorials, and so much more. So definitely check it out at AnimeJamSession.com. Again, that is AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, you can find our show on various podcasting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and every week on the Vogue forums, VogNetwork.com. So that, swing by and check them out. Um, we ask if you can leave a five-star review. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you hate. We, we, we are working to make things better. You know, we're always taking advice. You know, and don't forget to check out our social media links: YouTube.com/AnimeJamSessionTV, Twitter.com/AnimeJamSession, and Facebook.com/AnimeJamSession. To everyone that follows us on our social sites, thank you so much. We couldn't do the show without you or the site. And don't forget to visit us on vognetwork.com for our show. Live Tuesdays at 9.30 with Encores thir- Thursdays at 2 p.m. So now we're going to go around the room. Last words. Ichigo. Well, it's been fun, guys. And hope to see some of you at Otakon in August this summer. If not, uh, maybe Dragon Con, or I'll see you guys later on the podcast. Otakon, definitely. Last words, Ari. I love how the uh, maintenance guys came in to fix the toilet, but they left the caulk gun that has been sitting on my towel bar for the last two months. They kept forgetting it. Uh. My last words is after the last Winnet reboot, I forgot to turn on uh, crossfading, so I have extra work to do tonight or tomorrow. Won't be that bad. So that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Uh, Mako Chan will be back. We have some more shenanigans. So I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Ichigo. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Johnny. Say goodnight, Ichigo. Goodnight, Ichigo. I like it. Simple. That's it. We're out of here. Goodnight, y'all. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. 
Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!